It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Zeno here coming up on A to Z. What the quarterback controversy has done to the fans in Atlanta that they're missing as well. Should the Falcons have taken Justin Fields? And finally, the College Football Playoff Committee, what we know after the latest rankings. That's coming up right here on A to Z. This is A to Z with Mark Zeno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. How did we get here? If you're not the number one pick, guess what? You have no guarantee. That's where you are. And it starts... Does that make me a genius? Yes. Now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you, you got to remember what you're looking at. Welcome in. We are live here on this Wednesday. Appreciate you joining me. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. I'm at Mark Zino, M A R K Z I N N O. Subscribe to that YouTube channel. Give that thumbs up and a like to all the content there. Get us close to that 5,000 subscribers. We are almost home, folks. Need your help to do so as well. We're on Roku TV. However, you get your Roku TV, that Amazon Fire Stick, download that Roku TV app. Check out all the shows here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Aaron Freeman going to join us here in a few moments to go over some stuff with the Atlanta Falcons. As I mentioned, uh, the College Football Playoff Committee rankings have told us one thing is for sure. We'll get to that. But as we continue to head towards the Falcons and the Bears this week, you know, it, it is become increasingly interesting that this quarterback controversy has sort of grabbed this fan base and people can't seem to let it go. Uh, and I understand that. I mean, look, quarterback controversies are great for folks in my line of work. It always gives us something to talk about. It always gives us something to focus on. But in reality, uh, what it does is it it takes us away from reminding the fans about the bigger picture and what exactly is going on with this team. Uh, and I've said this for a couple of weeks now, and I'm not sure why we aren't having more conversations about certain other areas on this team because beyond quarterback, this team is still – further away than you think from getting this all fixed. And in, in particular, and I've brought this up for several weeks now, but I don't hear anybody screaming about any of this. That the Falcons have allowed more yards than any team in the NFL this season. That they have the second to last total defense in the league. They have the worst pass defense in the league. I mean, you know, this is a team right now that defensively is a mess. They are an absolute mess. They've allowed the sixth most points per game in the league as well. And yet, we're not having this conversation. <coughs> Excuse me. We're not having this conversation about the defense getting better and being better because, well, Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter, let's see what you have. Why are we not talking about the conversation of, is Michael Walker the guy in the center of this defense? Why are we not having the conversation of what else do we need on the back end? Is Jalen Hawkins, Richie Grant, are those the answers that we need? Why are we not having the conversation of how come we still don't have a pass rush? Where did that conversation go? Because as tired as I was of those conversations, guess what? I'm even more tired of the, you know, more tired of the, the whole, uh, quarterback controversy deal right now just am you know I mean it it, it is something that is overtaken this fan base and I still think we're looking at the wrong things let me ask you guys a question 
Do you suppose that Desmond Ritter would have a better success rate with Kyle Pitts than Marcus Mariota? Ask yourself that question. Now, the answer may be, could he do worse? Probably not. But I don't know that that necessarily solves any problems with the offense just because you've switched quarterbacks. Everyone is so dying to, quote, see what they have in Ritter. Do you know what you have? A quarterback that's got a limited physical skill set and is still struggling to do the pre-snap reads and the reads of the defense that he hasn't gotten a shot to play yet. That's what the coach has told us that we have. Now, all of a sudden, if you think something is different is going to manifest itself on the field, knock yourself out. I mean, look, let's let's look around the league at a couple of other scenarios, right? Take, for example, Washington. They just went out and beat Taylor Heineke, uh, and I'm sorry, beat Philadelphia with Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke has been repeatedly sent back to the bench multiple times in favor of a variety of different quarterbacks. Why? Because everybody, every coach knows how limited he is. Winning one game doesn't change that. Having one good performance doesn't change that. Sam Darnold had a good performance here and there. Where is he on the bench? Right? Baker Mayfield had a good performance. He was the number one overall pick. Where is he on the bench? So stop this whole concept of starting to see what you have and start understanding that the coaches already know what you have. And what you have is a very limited quarterback that isn't ready to play yet. And that's why he's not playing. So I'm not sure what people are expecting to see change if Desmond Ritter gets in. I mean, there have been dozens of quarterbacks, folks, who were drafted in the third round or even even in the second round, who sat on the bench and sat on the bench and sat on the bench and waited years to get their shot. Some of them made it. Some of them didn't. It's not uncommon. But there is, there is a myriad of other problems with this team right now that nobody is focusing on at all. The offensive line. Have you noticed how bad they are? We've, we we stopped talking about how bad the offensive line is in favor of why don't we see what Desmond Ritter has. Again, still no pass rush in favor of why don't we see what Desmond Ritter has. And that's why Arthur Smith gets to the podium and goes, holistically, we made a lot of mistakes. It's not just one thing. And he's right. It's not just one thing. If you think it's just the quarterback, you're not paying attention to the rest of the game at all. And I got to tell you, if Desmond Ritter had to had to deal with the rush in his face that Mariota does, it's a net negative. And not only that, you might get the kid hurt. That's the other part of this whole thing you're leaving out. When a 300-pound lineman lands on top of him, if he has a, sustains a major injury, guess what? You've now set his development back even further. The risk does not... The, the, the reward does not outweigh the risk. There's too much risk involved in going to Ritter right now and not enough reward. The reward is you'll be exactly where you are right now at four and six, so to speak, hovering around 500, maybe, you know, or below 500, maybe even closer to 500 with a season considered, quote, a throwaway. That's where you'd be. All right, coming up next, uh, we'll dive into uh, what if Justin Fields Walks into his home state and beats his former team with Aaron Freeman, locked on Falcons. First, a word from our friends at betonline.net. Fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, NFL, NBA, NHL, 
combat sports, esports, even golf. Thursday night football lines are out there. Check them out. You got the Packers and the Tennessee Titans. Packers laying some points here this week. Bet Online continues to be the top online source for sports wagering information. Their podcasts are amazing, loaded with information. Check them out. You'll get info on live in game betting scores as well. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that's happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's welcome him in to the show. You can see him every single week at Locked On Falcons. It's my good buddy, Aaron Freeman. Aaron, good morning, and uh, always a pleasure, brother. I'm glad to see that you have woken up early for me today. Yes, I have. Um, you can tell this sleep is still in my voice. Um, <clears throat> Full disclosure, I was blowing Aaron up this morning. I texted him last night, and he's like, I'll set two alarms. And I started texting. He didn't respond. I'm like, screw it. I'm calling a damn guy. Wake the hell up. We got stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I spilled a cup of coffee, uh, so luckily I had a spare, so I'm good to go. I'm glad. All right. Um, where are you on the Desmond Riddle deal? Are you in the, the, the group of folks who want to say, let's just see what we have? Yeah, I, look, I, I talked about this uh, the other day on Locked on Falcons. I think the future at the Falcons quarterback position revolves around Desmond Ritter being successful. And so I think to uh, facilitate that success, I think you got to get him on the field sooner versus later. All right, um, let's dissect this a little bit. I mean, and I'll paraphrase here because, you know, uh, getting to speak with Arthur Smith is, you know, it's, it's, it's fun, it's interesting. But if I told you that Arthur Smith had, had non-directly communicated that, you know, it's just a case where he's not ready yet, that what the offense requires of you pre-snap, how to read defenses and everything else – the kid is going to be overwhelmed, especially with a poor offensive line, as I just mentioned a moment ago. What are we really going to learn about Desmond Ritter? That he knows how to take a hit? Because that's not what you want from your quarterback. That's fair. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I just think the path to success is through having a good quarterback, right? You know, that's, that's a pretty no-nothing statement. And I just think we know what Marcus Mariota is at this point in time yes, and we don't 100%. <laughs> you know we, we don't know what Desmond Ritter is and the potential for him to be better is just too intriguing in my opinion for the Falcons to not try to take advantage of that but certainly Arthur Smith has his reasons for why he is continuing to roll with Marcus Mariota I don't quite agree with those reasons but you know we'll, we'll see how it works out for this team this year and certainly in, in the future what is the biggest reason that you disagree with with Arthur Smith of, of the reasons he's not playing? What, what is your biggest ax to grind? I just think there's little to no upside of continuing to ride, I guess you could say, this bridge that is Marcus Mariota. I, I just Even if it means possibly making the playoffs. I still think that possibility exists with Desmond Ritter, if, if not potentially greater. But obviously, Arthur Smith has a more informed opinion on that front. Uh, so so I'm just guessing on that one. But, yeah, I mean, I just <laughs> I just don't think – like, yeah, making the playoffs, great, awesome. If you I, do that with Mariota, cool. I, I – listen, I, I, I am a little conflicted. I mean, look, we talked before the season, and I was screaming that it's, you know, you have to find out what you have with Desmond Ritter. That's the one goal of this season, find out if the guy is worth it. And, you know, now it got to a point where – um, I got new information, and I, I've had to pivot on that new information in a sense where Arthur Smith has, has repeatedly, you know, I, I think made it clear that it's not just about, you know, uh, 
him finding out what he has, that, that I get the sense that he's just not ready to, to run this offense the way that he wants. And again, I, I think in general, it's like the ceiling for Ritter at this point is no higher than what Mariota is giving you, but the floor is a lot lower. The amount of mistakes he can make, the amount of turnovers he can do, the amount of bad things that can go wrong for for Ritter at this point is a lot higher than it is with, with Mariota. And yes, I know Mariota threw a pass from his butt laying on the ground and chucked it up in the air. <laughs> And I would argue that's still not the worst NFL pass I've seen this season. Okay. okay. Um, the, second worst. Second worst, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Mac Wilson has made some pretty horrific throws this year, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and he was on his two feet. Uh, he wasn't even. He wasn't even uh, going to the ground. But anyway, so I, I think that I think that matters. Um, but I, as I was talking about before, like Arthur Smith is always talking about the rest of the team as well. This is one of the worst defenses, if not the worst defense in the league, and yet we stopped talking about how bad this defense is. Like, nobody in the market is talking about how pathetically bad this defense is. They can't stop anybody, period, and they can't get off the field on third down, and yet we're still focusing on Desmond Ritter. Like, you, you got to fix a lot more than just a quarterback at this point. It's true, yeah. The, the Falcons, as you and I have discussed many times over the last several months, they are in a rebuild. But I think that rebuild success hinges on them finding a quarterback. And I just think we we know that Marcus Mariota is not that guy, even if he does somehow get the Falcons across the finish line and into the postseason this year, with, with those odds seeming to have shrunk considerably over the last couple of weeks. But uh, we'll see if they can get their season back on track. But I, I think you look at a team – like the Falcons are facing this week against uh, the Bears with, with Justin Fields and the fact that he's, over the last couple of weeks, seemed to start to, again, they lost three straight games, but he's playing well enough that they are being a lot more competitive these last couple of games, despite the fact that he has many of the same supporting cast issues uh, in Chicago that Atlanta has. And I just think, you know, again, how much of a probability, and, and again, the thing that you're talking about, Mark, is, you know, Arthur Smith seemingly does not believe that Desmond Ritter, should he start the remaining, you know, five to seven games left in the season, uh, is is going to get at that point. Uh, but I do think the sooner you get him on the field, the sooner we get, hopefully, that version of Desmond Ritter that can elevate, um, you know, his team. And with the pieces that are going to be added to this roster over the next year or so, you know, I, I think the future is now. So let me ask you one more question about the Bears since you just brought him up. Um, I thought the the conversation this week for everybody was going to be relitigating the 2021 draft and how we didn't draft Justin Fields because he was there. And I said at the beginning of the week on A to Z, like, please don't do that because Justin Fields isn't even remotely close to the player that you could argue they should have taken at number three when Jamar Chase was out there, Micah Parsons was out there, you know, Justin Jefferson was out there. Like, all these guys were out there. Uh, was Justin Jefferson there? I can't remember. Anyway, no, it was Jalen Waddle who was there. Sorry, I apologize. But anyway, um, you know, you could argue there were like three or four players ahead of Justin Fields that they should have taken who are infinitely better at their position than Justin Fields is at quarterback at this point in time. But aside from that, I thought that was going to be the conversation this week. It'll probably be that way on Monday and Tuesday when Fields is just zigzagging through the Mercedes-Benz Stadium turf for 105 yards on the day. That's That's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, you know, I, I'm going to be writing something over at the Falcoholic on this very subject this week. Oh, uh, I'll probably be working on it immediately after this conversation uh, so people can look forward to that. But, um, you know, it is kind of fascinating. I think one of the things I might touch upon in, in that article, it is kind of fascinating to sort of see Justin Fields and, you know, the Bears have really dialed up their play action and utilizing 
his running ability these last couple of weeks is just some of the reasons why they've sort of unlocked, mm-hmm. uh, started to unlock his potential. And it is fascinating to see Arthur Smith committed to a similar quarterback in Marcus Mariota, where they use a lot of play action. They uh, incorporate the quarterback run game. Um, and and that's, I think, a little frustrating to a lot of folks looking at the Kyle Pitts situation because we were dreaming of what this offense could be uh, when we selected him back when Julio and Calvin Ridley and we had uh, what we perceived uh, to, to be a really high-level quarterback, and it just hasn't come to fruition. And so that selection gets added scrutiny all because, you know, the Falcons quarterback situation is not quite and has not quite been what we thought it would be the last two seasons. And so this Pitts selection, in hindsight, looks like um, not the greatest allocation of resources, which I think just goes back to, you know, this team needs to get the quarterback situation right. And and again, that's part of the reason fueling my desire to see Ritter on the field, because maybe he could be the guy that finally allows our visions of what Kyle Pitts could have been uh, to, it's to come funny because I asked that question earlier before you joined was simply that d- does anybody really believe for one second that Desmond Ritter would have a better success rate with Kyle Pitts than Marcus Mariota would at this point? Like, it, it, I, I don't know that I, there's anything to actually quantify that or, or make it true, but it just feels kind of like I don't know that that necessarily equates to anything. I mean, yeah, it's it's all speculative, but it, right. when you see Mariota miss pits in the ways that he does on oh, a yeah, pretty weekly true. basis, it feels yeah. like maybe one of those throws could be on target to Kyle Pitts with a different quarterback. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and try. Uh, but then again, you could argue that uh, no NFL quarterback, backup or otherwise, should miss some of the throws that Mariota has missed <laughs> yeah. to Pitts. So uh, there is that. All right, one more here, Aaron, before we uh, – before we let you go back to your morning and getting the rest of your coffee in. Appreciate um, the next two games, Bears and Washington, I think will tell us a lot about uh, the Falcons because, again, we do this weird thing, and I never do it at all, ever. But, you know, back when we looked at the schedule, we had W's written down against, you know, Washington and, and Chicago because they were bad. <laughs> um, they stink, which is why you don't predict freaking wins in April and in August. Okay. It's the stupidest exercise that people in my line of work do. Uh, anyway, but if they lose these two games, now you've gone to four and eight. Um, there's a, and, and you may get your wish, like secretly you should be hoping they lose the next two, because I think as soon as the Falcons get eliminated, then Ritter becomes a legitimate possibility. So what you need to hope is that the Buccaneers win the next two and the Falcons lose the next two and and they lock up the division and all the Falcons are doing is fighting for a wild card against a team like Washington that they've already lost a game to. But, you know, do we turn to a sense of panic or do we even turn to a sense of panic's not the right word. Um, I guess the bloom came off the, 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 the rose on the early start. Like, how do we view this team if we end up losing the next two games? Yeah, I think it would be very disappointing if the team loses the next two games because, you know, <laughs> you, you're clearly channeling some of the content we had over on Lockdown Falcons with the win-loss predictions earlier. But, like, we looked at the six-game stretch starting with that Panthers game in week eight, uh, you know, as like, oh, this is where the Falcons are going to start to pad wins this season, regardless of how good or bad this team is because this is the softest part of schedule. And even still today – given some of the disappointments that we've had this year uh, and then the unexpected you know, outcomes, this still remains the softest part of their schedule. And they're so far one and two. 
And if they lose the next two games, the, the idea of them going one and four against what should have been a, a, a stretch where they probably should have gone four and one, especially given how they started, is certainly going to be disappointing um, for this football team. And it, it's going to raise some question marks about sort of their ability to maintain their momentum as the season wears on, because you kind of saw a similar thing last year where, you know, they started, got it off to a slow start in September. Then things started to start to get rolling in October. And then it kind of fell off the tracks in November and they weren't able to really quite get it back. Although they were able to eke out a couple of late wins against teams like the lions and and Jaguars. So it, it does raise some concerns about why this team's, can't seem to maintain their momentum um, this year. So, yeah, I, th- I think if they lose the next two games, their their playoff chances are pretty much dead. And, we'll, you know, people like myself will we'll probably get our wish and, and we'll the see. screams will get through. louder as soon as the playoff chances are dead for Desmond Ritter. Aaron Freeman, Locked on Falcons. Check him out. Follow him on Twitter at Falcfans, F-A-L-C-F-A-N-S. Appreciate the time this morning, brother. I owe you one. So thanks for getting up and, and hanging out with me. Appreciate it, Mark. All right. Take care. Uh before we get to uh, Shovels of Wisdom here, I want to remind you guys, Locked on Falcons with Aaron Freeman, one of the best listens you can do. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps taken today. It's all available right there at Locked on Sports Today. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast speaking of youtube guys help us get to 5,000 subscribers on youtube haven't even been at this for eight months yet you guys are the best and we love you and all the support please subscribe to the youtube channel give a thumbs up and a like to all the content there as well we certainly appreciate it and uh once we get there we're going to celebrate i don't know how we're gonna have a big party but maybe maybe we'll do a toast right here on a to z a little bit of uh bourbon because bourbon feels like 5,000 and bourbon feels like it goes good together you know what else goes good with life the Shovel of Wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom. Uh, you know how we do it every day. We have to set somebody straight, and we give them a shovel of wisdom right upside the head. You can do so on my Twitter account, at Mark Zino, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O, of course. Uh, use the hashtag shovel of wisdom. And today my shovel goes to Aaron Patrick. Aaron Patrick. <laughs> Thank you. All right. All right. Oh, I forgot to take the loop button off. There we go. Lots of shovels going around. Here we go. Uh, Aaron Patrick um, is a Broncos linebacker. And now he's suing the Rams, Chargers, and ESPN. After suffering a sideline injury on his knee, ended up tearing his ACL. Um, It was a Monday night football game on ESPN. And uh, it was a week six matchup between the Broncos and Chargers. And Patrick is alleging that uh, that negligence created a dangerous sideline condition that contributed to his injury. What happened was he was chasing down somebody with the ball, got him out of bounds, tried to avoid one of the camera guys or, or ESPN guys on the side, stepped on a carpet that was on the field um, in order to avoid making contact with someone and ended up in a non-contact injury tearing his ACL. Here's the thing, Aaron, like you can't sue the NFL. Like it doesn't work like that. Like this is more about, um, the settlement than it is about actually achieving anything. You know, there's been a huge push in the NFL right now by a lot of players for everybody to go to grass. Um, I got to tell you, 
going to grass doesn't stop that carpet from being there. And maybe the rule is what the NFL needs to do is just get more people away from the damn sideline. Um, and, and that may be the, the, the case of this, but you know, I, uh, I, I don't know that you're going to ever win this lawsuit um, with the NFL. And I, I don't even know if the NFL would settle. Uh, but what I do know is that suing the NFL never works out well uh, for anybody unless it's medical conditions and concussions. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know that you're ever going to be successful suing the NFL. I think that's the only thing that they've ever gotten over on the NFL is the whole concussion deal. All right. Um, we'll wrap things up today. College football playoff rankings and where we are because not much changed inside the top five. I think the only change was uh, in the top six where LSU slid up to six uh, and USC is now seven. And that's pretty much it. Um, you start to look at the final two weeks of the regular season here. And a lot of questions are asking about, you know, the idea of three SEC teams getting in. Folks, that's not not happening. It's just not. Uh, if LSU beats Georgia, LSU would get in over Tennessee. They would have one more quality win than Tennessee would over the team that Tennessee took its loan loss to. So there aren't three SEC teams getting in. We're just being silly at this point. Tennessee is now a Georgia fan. Um, they want Georgia to run the table and beat the hell out of LSU because that's the way they get in. They're also a Baylor fan this week. Tennessee wants Baylor to beat TCU because they will get in. The only real question left, and 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 the college football playoff may have its easiest um, run this year than anything else. Georgia runs the table, they're in. Whenever the Big Ten is in, if TCU runs the table, they are in. And if USC runs the table, the only real decision to make is 12-1 USC, conference championship better than 11-1 Tennessee, no conference championship. You know my answer. It's USC. But that's the easiest set of scenarios for the college football playoff. Even at that, Georgia runs the table, winner of the Big Ten, TCU runs the table, that's your three. Then your fourth is really deciding between Tennessee, USC, if they run the table, and possibly the idea that the loser of Michigan and Ohio State could get in. I mean, there's literally, legitimately only seven teams that can make the, the top seven right now are the only seven teams that can make the college football playoff. That's it. That's it. And the minute one of the minute TCU loses or USC loses, or even if LSU were to drop one, the final game of the year to Texas A&M, they're out. Any of these other teams in the top seven, with the exception of Georgia, and Ohio State, Michigan, drop a game, they're automatically out, period. So this is the easiest college football playoff situation we've seen in a while. And I don't think that anybody could generally disagree that in reality, only one of the top seven teams, I'm sorry, only four of the top seven teams could actually actually make the college football playoff at this point. It's just the way it is. Um, it's the way it's worked out. You know, I think TCU actually wins this week. Uh, I'll bet them on a short number. Uh, as much as they are ripe for the picking, they just keep surviving and advancing. They have to play a really sloppy game. They played a pretty clean game against Texas, which is why they won. And their defense showed up for the first time this year. I don't want to say it showed up like that, but the defense really was was excellent for the first time this year. And uh, so I, I think they do it again because Baylor's offense has been kind of limited. But still, this is very much a scenario where 
Um, all the teams in the top four control their destiny. And then Tennessee is at the mercy of hoping USC loses, hoping LSU gets knocked out, and hoping TCU takes a loss. That's what it boils down to. But you'll have a hard time. And here's the problem. Here's one more thought here. You have a hard time putting the Georgia-Tennessee rematches anything but the semifinal. Why? Because if Georgia runs the table, winner of the Big Ten, and then TCU runs the table, how are you going to put a one-loss team ahead of an undefeated conference champion? Tennessee then automatically has to go to four, and it's Georgia and Tennessee, unless by some miracle, which would be so maniacally stupid, that they'll be like, if Ohio State beats Michigan, well, they're the number one team now. Georgia's number two. Like, that's just laughable. It's it's just dumb. It's laughable. So uh, they, they might have backed themselves into a corner. Or, you know, you just hope USC wins out and you don't put Tennessee in, period, and you get Georgia-USC in the first round. There's that. All right, that'll do it for us today here on A to Z. I want to remind you guys for making Locked on Falcons your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, biggest stories of the day. Instant reactions, big game recaps, plus a take of the day. You don't want to miss that. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Get us to 5,000 subscribers. Give a like and a thumbs up to the content there. We're on Roku TV. Wherever you get Roku TV, Amazon Fire Stick, download that Roku TV app. Check out all the shows on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Back tomorrow for a Thursday edition of ADZ. You guys have a great day. Don't take any crap from anybody. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.